The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Over their bodies, Father God. 
Lord, we pray a quick healing, Father God. And Lord, we know you how you work miraculously. Sometimes it's just like that. And Lord, I've also seen sometimes you do something that's over time. You don't always understand why. But Lord, no matter what, you are good and you are God, Father God. And so you're the God of miracles. So we pray for those people today. And we're going to believe for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, let's get into the last few weeks. Uh, Andy's been talking about how he got to wear uh, the life vest. Okay, he got to wear the, uh, the little whatever it was called. What's the other thing he had on? Like a safety vest. Okay, it was the upgrade. He was kind of messing up. It was barely hanging there. But the whole point he was talking about is grace and peace in a mad, dark world. Amen. And so what his point was is when we get saved, we're kind of in the world. What does the Bible say? We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we're kind of all out there in the water. Jesus rescues us, and something happens. He puts a life that's on us. You know, he doesn't just take us out. We're not like in heaven yet. He doesn't put us on our own private island and say, well, don't, don't worry about that. You just stay here and stay safe in a bubble. No, we remain there, but something different happens. The life that's happened, so we're not going to sink, amen? But we got to keep it buckled. we got to keep it on. And then he gives us a bright, whether it's orange or yellow, a safety vest. Because our job now is to rescue people, amen? That's our job. And, you know, and many times as Christians, we get stuck in this, well, hey, God saved me. I love him, thank you, but I don't want to be close to the world. Let's stay over here. Let's protect myself, my family. Uh, you know, I can't be around. I'll be at church function. The only other Christian I'll hang out with. People we go through that sometimes, you know, and, 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 but we need to be a light. So that's what the light is, not only the light is, that's our saving thing, but then we also need to be bright so we can rescue people. And trust me, people who are looking to be rescued, they need to find you. And how will they find you? And then he was explaining, you know, how that works. And so grace empowers us, one, he was talking about, to build life differently. We're building on a foundation. When we come to Christ, He's our foundation, amen? amen? He is. He's our foundation. You can say it in a lot. Ernest, be as loud as you want, brother. I'm out. Yes, there we go. So Christ is the foundation. You know, I'm finding out here in Texas, their foundations are built a little differently. And I'll say this, they're not as good, okay? And that's not a Texas thing. That's just how they're doing it. What happened where I came from in Oregon, one, they would dig down pretty deep. They would build like an outline foundation. You'd have a crawl space. You know, the proper rebar was used, and they build on top of that. Do you have some settling? Yes, you do have some settling. Here in Texas, they put a big old three or four foot slab just right on top of the clay. They do put some rebar, but I've heard from professional concrete guys that you need never enough. These new construction builders, their job is just get it up, get made, move on. Well, our house, she and ours, you can tell us not a good foundation. And it's starting to crack pretty bad on the inside. And so that's really how our life is. If we are not building on the correct foundation, we may be able to stand for a while. Okay, we may be able to hold up. Maybe some of us have a little more will than other people. But even those with a strong will, eventually something will happen, a hurricane will come, which life throws at you, you know that. It may start with a little storm, but eventually you're gonna go through a hurricane and it will knock it down, amen? And so we need to be on a strong foundation. And then, I'm just recapping here, so they also talked about we find peace differently. It comes from a God who never changes. You know, if you remember in the world when you're out there, how do you remember their life before giving their life to Christ? You know, some of it was more recent than others, some was longer. You know, I remember my life, my peace was just 
one good time to the next. Something would be okay and work out okay. Well, that was my peace. And if something went bad, you know, bad, it was very wavering. But when we build on a strong foundation, the reason our peace is different is because God never changes. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean he even says you will find trouble, you will have trouble and concerns, but I will be there. I, I love this song we sing today about, um, you know, being in the fire, and then we found someone there, you know, there's something about the finding our delight in the Lord. Some people may say, well, what does that even mean? You know, it brings me up with that uh, story of David when he was kind of shaking. He was fighting for the Philistines because Israel didn't all, you know, Saul was trying to kill him. So he went over to the Philistines and he said, tell me what, I will help you kind of, you know, beat up the Israelites. Well, he was lying. He would go out his own time and they would destroy the Philistines, but they didn't know him, trick him. And when it came time to really go to war, uh, a lot of the Philistines loved David. They thought, you know, he was on their side, but the kings kind of got together and said, hey, He's pretty well armed there, and he's got to stay here. Well, when they were there, these people came, and they stole his whole camp, like the wives, the kids, all their stuff. They stole him, you know, all his men. He hung out with some mighty dudes. He came back. Imagine, like, a 10 days, you know, the rest of the guys were, you know, pretty bad dudes. And so he gets back, and they find everyone's missing. And so they started ripping their clothes. It was a time of just chaos. And they said they wanted to stone David. Okay, this is the anointed, it's supposed to be the next king, and these guys now want to kill him, his own men. And I love what he did. He didn't beg for his life, he didn't try and make excuses. The word of God says he went and he strengthened himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord. That's where he found his delight. And so, uh, like Kyle's word today, you know, the battle, the winds came. He had to deal with the foundation of God. He went to his God and strengthened himself. And so, and he also talked about grace empowers us to live differently by we speak, eat, and think differently. And he's talking about this because there's a heart change in us. You know, when we give our life to Jesus, sure, we do get a life vest, we rescue other people, but there's something that happens on the inside that flows to the outside. And then last week, he talked about chronos and time. And, and, and how that, you know, from the time we're born to the time we die, you know, time's against us. You know, and when we're living in a world we don't know Jesus, we may have these different thoughts. We're not thinking eternally. We're just thinking about the next day, the next week. Okay, I want to do this before I die, but if this doesn't happen in time, you know, I'm in trouble. But there's something where God, grace empowers our past, our present, and our future. Amen? You can have a bad past. And a lot of us say, you know, with that bad past, I can't do this in my present, I can't do this in the future. And that's a lie of the enemy. You know, look who the blood of Jesus, the line that Jesus came for out. Originally, it was Rahab. She was a prostitute in Jericho. If you look at it from the world's point of view, there's no way she should be having the king of the universe. Amen? Man. It should be in her bloodline. But she did, because God didn't just, he knew her past, he rescued her, and Kronos didn't win. God won, because he controls time. And so, with that, are you guys excited? You hear me? Amen. I know, so that's true. I don't know, maybe we get nervous to make the ways or say, it's better than heck and Andy did say, you have people have to be better. And so today what we're getting into is grace empowers us to grow. If you live with Jesus, if you walk with Jesus, guys, he requires growth out of us and spiritual growth. And if not, he gives us some warnings of what may happen. And so uh, Proverbs 4.18, the title of my sermon, if you want to know, because I know you guys are all taking it. Extreme notes right now. You're going to go over this later tonight and tomorrow and the rest of the week. 
uh, is just keep growing. How many have seen Nemo? Just keep growing. Okay, that's what I was thinking of in the song. Just keep growing. And uh, Proverbs 4.18 says, The path for the life of the righteous is like the burning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. And then when we give our life to Jesus, that's like the sun coming up. That's, we're welcomed into his family. And then he says, though, as it goes, as you find out here, you know, when the sun rays up in Texas, well, it's still kind of hot. Matt's from Arizona. We have some other people here from Arizona. I heard Texas heat can't really compare with that heat. But it doesn't matter. It's hot all day. But here, you know, usually at 9 a.m., it's not quite as warm as it is at noon. And then 4, you know, it gets hotter and hotter. And that's what he was saying in Proverbs is our life needs to be like that with Jesus. We should be growing. And so, uh, real quick, I'm going to open us in prayer, and uh, we're going to get right into this. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time together. Lord, we get to open your word, and we get to break it down and, and see what you're trying to speak to us, Father God. And Lord, I pray that uh, it's not me that's giving this word, Lord, as I've studied over the week, and I've read what you're trying to say, and Lord, how we can uh, grow in our lives, Father God. I pray that we have ears to hear. And Lord, like James says, instead of just speaking it and hearing it, but we'd also be doers, Father God. And so Lord, I pray for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to get a drink real quick because my mouth's dry. Not only is this taste good, it's healthy for you, okay? That's a lie, but I think it's okay. All right. We don't have a refrigerator here, so I don't have like the water or anything. You know? So I may have to do that every once in a while, but... I'm going to open us up with a scripture real quick. Hebrews 6.1. Grace empowers us to grow. Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. We're talking about growth, right? To maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and faith of God. Um, one, how did you get those? You are a beast, man. That's good. Um, so what he's talking about, Hebrews, a lot of the book of Hebrews, he's actually talking and he's kind of getting on them because they weren't spiritually growing. They had come to Christ, some of them had some growth, but a lot of them were sticking in the same lifestyle they had or going back. There were other people that were joining the church, coming up with their own doctrines and trying to throw them in there. And so the book of Hebrews is really trying to tell us that we need to move forward to maturity. And so... This morning, I'm going to give you a few reasons why, biblically, we need to grow. And then also, then, I'm going to give you a few how. You know, when we talk about spiritual growth, it really could be a six, eight-week series. You could break it down a ton. If you've ever heard Bill Scheidler, in one sermon, that guy can have a ton of information. So there is going to be some information, but I want you to know that this isn't the be-all of growth. There's other steps that you can add to this and do to this, biblically. Um, but one, why must we keep growing? Revelation 3, 15 and 16 says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because, he's saying, because you are lukewarm, you're not hot, which means saved us, we should be hot. You're not cold. And you actually have more grace for those still in the world, okay, because they haven't come to salvation yet. But he says, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And he was talking to one of the churches here in Revelation. The angels were coming down and were speaking um, to several churches. And this was the word against one of them. 
And so one thing is God does not want us lukewarm. If you are not growing, you become stagnant. You know, it just happens. It, it's a fact. It, if we're growing, whether it's slowly, whether it's a couple steps, and then maybe you can go back a step, but a couple more, you know, the roots are growing. And that's not stagnant. If, uh, some of you, I don't know if you've by the Fruiterville Lake recently, but the heat, and just being dry, it has lowered a ton. You see all this algae and moss. I've never seen the bottom before, but you can see it, and it's just ugly. And I've been reading these reports that dogs have been getting sick by jumping in these bodies of water. And like four dogs have died around here because people are letting them swim in this lukewarm, hot, nasty water. It's just a sap there. There's no, you know, it's not coming in or out. It's not fresh. And that's the reason is, is in that, nothing can happen. It actually brings more death to people when we're lukewarm. Um, the world's looking for something different. If we're just lukewarm, they're not going to go for us. It just won't happen. And so that's one of the reasons why we must keep growing. Another one, Hebrews 5.14, says, But solid food is for the mature, is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Right. Let me read that one more time. But solid food is for the mature. That's what we want to be. We're growing, we want to be mature. It says, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Uh, good from evil. The Lord wants us to be able to distinguish good from evil. Okay, and we think that we can, but true growth, you know that. There's some people, they don't know how to, especially when we first give our life to the Lord. You know, I was born and raised kind of in a church situation. When I was five, uh, my mom and dad got divorced when I was younger. And then five, my mom gave life to Jesus. And it was like, not only did we go to church, it was like, we go to church. You know, that was our life. She was on fire for God. And so I learned a lot about church and the Bible and this and that. But, you know, there's people who have never been involved in that. And they give their life to Jesus. And there's still some things they're not sure about. You know, they haven't been discipled yet. Uh, there may be still some things that are evil that we want to hold on to. And the Bible says if we're growing, you know, we're going to be able to distinguish between good and evil. And in the world we live in now, guys, that is so important. We have to be able to distinguish that. That's an important fact. Because if you don't know how to, you're either going to get roped into it or you won't know how to fight it. Amen? And so the Lord, that's another reason why we must keep growing. And here's kind of the, another, kind of my last reason for this. Uh, I got two verses on this. We won't, we won't produce fruit if we're not growing. Colossians 1.10 says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So he says, bearing fruit in every good work. Sometimes we do good work, but we're not always bearing fruit. But we need, if we're growing, we're going to start bearing fruit. And then John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. And then he's, that's not, he's not done, though. He says, Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You know, when Sheila and I, before we moved here, we were in Bend, Oregon, and we had about six or seven apple trees on our property. Now, there was a problem with these apple trees. Originally, whoever planted them, um, if you don't know, an apple tree, you plant the seed. It's a long time before you plant and you're getting fruit. Okay? It just doesn't happen. There's some things. Who, who gardens here? You know, Elizabeth, very good. Not on that phone, but I'm getting up. You know, when you plant a seed, there are some things, like some vegetables, that seed that you're getting something. 
You know, you, you literally, it comes up pretty quick. One season, and then it keeps doing that every year. Some may take one year. You know, some of these fruit trees take six, seven, eight years before they're bearing fruit. Now, I'm not talking about the ones that we put that, you know, the stuff that we mix together, throw in there, and get them to grow really fast. Okay, that's cheating. But I'm talking about real organic fruit trees. It takes a while to grow. And so, here's the problem. Here's the thing, though. Of the apple trees that we have over there, somebody planted them. Her husband had died. She never cared for them again. So every year, they have these little teeny apples like this. They taste it gross. The deer will eat them. The people will eat them. And they just make a mess. And they fall. They start rotting. That is not the fruit God wants us to have. Amen? But here's the thing. Not only does he want us to have fruit, stuff that comes up immediately, he wants us to plant apple trees. He wants us to plant seeds that we water. And over time, here's the thing about the ones that take a long time. When an apple tree is producing the way it should, it feeds a lot. Okay? It's not just a one-person house that you can use all those apples. It's way more than you need. It's meant to spread around. You're going to give it away. You know, and even in times of drought, those ones that take a long time to produce, they can last through droughts. Amen? That's good. And so that's the fruit. That's why we must keep growing. And you have to remember that a lot of times you're planting seeds, you guys, and you're not going to see the fruit right away. Here's the problem. We get discouraged with that. How many of you have gotten discouraged when you're not seeing fruit? I do that. There's times, and then sometimes we give up. But i got to remember that not all seeds grow at the same pace. And so that's going to get us into how. We don't why. We don't why. We don't want to stay lukewarm. Okay? We need to be able to distinguish between good and evil. And we want to produce fruit. And God commands that. And so we're going to look at how. How are a few ways that we can do that? Um, last week we sang a song. I don't know if this is the exact name of the song, but it says, Stirring Up. What are we stirring up? Deep, deep wells. Some of you may not know what that means. You know, what does that mean, stirring up deep wells? You know, in the Bible, and thousands of years ago, wells were so important. If you're like, well, what was so important about it? Well, you have to remember, they would dig down. Sometimes they would dig through rock. They would find natural fountains, this water. And when they found it, if it belonged to you, I mean, you had you water that lasted for sometimes centuries. Remember when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, she said, this well was dug by Jacob. That was hundreds of years prior. And water that still came. And so one of the things, how we keep going, is we have to protect our well. You know, back then, if you had a well, there was a few things you had to do from it. One, you had to prevent it so animals or stuff like that could not just fall in and die. One, you didn't care as much about the animal, but if an animal died there, it would, the sickness, you know, the rotting would get into the water and it would mess it up. And so they would usually have things that were high around it, okay? Another thing they had to do is sometimes they would dig a well, it produced water. But over time, sometimes rocks, sand, other stuff would start to, you know, kind of get back in there. And so you'd have to send someone in there to kind of clean it out, re, kind of, uh, you know, just refocus and get it clean again so that the water was coming out. Um, well, when we're singing that song, when the Bible's talking about wells, it's kind of an example of, of our heart. And our heart, we have to protect it. Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Okay? Everything you do. If you do not protect your heart, if something falls in or something tries to poison it, a lot of times, guys, it's ourselves that are allowing things in our heart, not protecting it. It says if you don't do that, then 
Even if Jesus is in there, we're not protecting. Whatever is in here eventually comes out. Comes out in our actions, comes out in our words. Uh, I don't know about you, but one time, I was, this was a long time ago, I was being saved. And I was, you know, I kind of had a temper sometimes. I would deal with some pretty hard anger. My wife and I, I don't even remember what we were talking about. We probably didn't agree on something. It was probably stupid. But I had my little daughter in the back seat. Okay, Sandy was like a little, she was in the car seat, Sheila went into the mall. So I'm kind of mad, and I go to turn it into a parking spot. Well, some guys were walking through the, through the parking lot. I didn't see him, so I just slam on the brakes. And I understand, I was rushing, so he kind of like tapped into my car, kind of cussing and yelling at me. And what did I do? Oh, I'm sorry, forgive me, that was my fault. That's not what happened, okay? I jumped out of the car, and I was ready to throw tap into this guy. Over something that was my fault. I mean, I was yelling at him, I was screaming at him, I was probably saying things that were not appropriate. And then all of a sudden, I felt like the Holy Spirit just smacked me on the face and sit in your car, you know. One, I had my daughter with me. Two, I'm thinking, you know, I was involved in ministries in our church there. I was kind of doing youth pastoring stuff. I'm thinking, what is going to happen if these people come to church? And they see me. I mean, there was something that, even though I gave my life to Jesus, something I wasn't, you know, I wasn't protecting my will. And there were things that in there that one, I either hadn't fully dug it out, or that were dug it. Dug it. Did, did. <laughs> dug out, or things that I was kind of letting fall back in there. And you know what? As with any will, it found its way out. It found its way out. So I started to realize that really the, the most growth I had in that area. Is I had a, we had a people at our church that came, and he was kind of a prophetic guy, and he was talking to some people about the church, and he wanted me to call him because he had to work for me. And uh, I was giving the gospel at our church, and he just kind of said, hey, I thought you were giving me a gift in this. Said some few things, and he said, you know what, because I'm talking to you, I really feel like the Lord says you, you battle with thousands of anger at home. And I'm kind of like, okay. He said, you know, it's enough. He said, you have to remember this. No matter how good or whatever, how powerful the Lord uses your ministry, he says, when you come home, all you are is a father and husband. He says, your kids don't look at you like that. Your wife doesn't look at you like that. You have a responsibility to them. And he says, they see God through you, through dad, through your husband. And he says, if you're angry and you're stopping off, he's like, they're going to run the opposite way. And so that really took an awakening for me for God to say, Watch your will, protect your will, clean it out, do what you have to do. You know, maybe the movies I watch, maybe the music I listen to, and maybe not taking advice from people, whatever it was, there was something in there. And you guys, we need to protect our will. Proverbs 10 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Our heart is a will, and our mouth is a fountain. It comes out of that. Now, guys, I want to encourage you. You may be saved, you're serving God. We're not perfect, okay? We're not. So you're still going to mess up, we're still going to stumble, we're going to fail. I'm not saying God says, be perfect in this all the time, but we have to be, over time, grown. Amen? I shouldn't be the same person I was one year when I gave on Jesus now. I should, there should be some differences. Number two, we have to love the Word. I don't have a Bible, I got, you know, this. We have to love the Word of God. If we do not love the Word of God, if we do not study the Word of God, we're not going to grow. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, 
That right there, if you're saying, hey, I know we're not of the world, but I'm just going to hang around and do everything they do. I have to lie because I'm bad, but I don't want to look different, be the different. Psalms is telling them, saying, don't only hang out with them. Don't only do that. We're supposed to be different. Okay? We're supposed to reach out to them. But it says, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his word day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. That is a powerful, those are a powerful few verses. He says a lot in that. He's saying that not only do we have to know his word, we must meditate on it. You know, and, and I don't know about you guys, but I've gone through seasons in my walk with God where I'm pretty good at reading the word. A lot of times I'll even fall asleep, you know, with the Bible app. But sometimes it's just the meditating part. Okay, because I can read something real quick, boom, now I'm on Facebook. Or now I'm on something else. But that's really not what needs to happen in the Word of God. We, we have to study, we have to read it, and the meditation part is really our, our time alone with God. We're praying, we're bringing up things, we're asking, you know, things of God, you know. It says, seek me and you will find me. God doesn't say, I'm going to find you, and then hopefully you can seek me when you can. He tells us to seek him. And so, if you want to grow, you only grow so much if you don't know the Word of God. You're going to get to a certain point, and you have to dive in. If you, don't, if you don't know it that well, and, and, you know, ask somebody. You know, go to a discipling class. I'm not saying we all need to go to Bible college. There's other ways to know the Word of God. Amen? Amen. you got to open it. Um, this was in my notes, but it reminds me of in the book of Acts when Paul was in Thessalonica. Okay? He was going to the synagogues. And he spent a lot of time preaching about Jesus' salvation. and said that some of the Jews believed. And then many prominent Gentiles did, and they said Greek women believed, and they came on board, but then they kicked him out of the town, and then he went to Berea. Well, there's a story of the Bereans where he brought the same truth to them, but it says they were more noble. They didn't just say, oh, that, that sounds good, maybe I believe, okay. It says they, they went, and they searched the word of God, they searched, you know, the, the prophets, the prophecies, and it says then they came to the knowledge and they believed. And so he gave them uh, props for that. So we need to know the word. The third one, this is a big one, you guys. We have to stay humble. We have to stay humble. If you do not stay humble, you will not grow. 1 Peter 5 5, it says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. That's it. I'm just going to close right there so your parents like, Amen. Okay? And then he says, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes, opposes the proud. But he shows favor, favor to the humble. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, yesterday in Bible study, we had, I don't know, there were probably six or seven of us there. And we kind of had a, a time at the end where um, we got to be transparent with each other. You know, there were some of us dealing with some things. And the Bible says, confess your sins to one another. Okay? So, Jason, I'm going to have you come up with <laughs> But there's something about we need to be transparent before one another. What I love about it is, is he doesn't just say be humble. He says, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. We are in a family. When we gave our life to Jesus, you guys, whether you like it or not, he put us in a family. Some of you may just say, hey, 
I'm committed, I go to church on Sundays, but I don't do anything else in between. That's okay, but at some point, God wants us to come together as believers, all right? Because when we isolate, you can't, we can't have humility towards one another if we're not together. And what it takes is some of us have to rub each other the wrong way to show us some humility towards one another, amen? And God says he opposes the proud. How many of you in your walk, whether, okay, let's just talk about marriages, okay? I know this. If there's something I really need to change in and my wife brings it up, if I did not humble myself, okay, God does not show me favor, and my wife doesn't. If I just say, I don't need to change in that, no, you're wrong, I've done that before, okay? But eventually, you know, I've realized that then there's just this division, there's no growth. You know, there's something about where we have to say, Lord, I, I, this is uncomfortable, I don't like the way maybe it came across, I don't like who said it, but is it from you, is it right? Is this an area I need to change in? You know, and there, there was one time my wife and I got such a good one, I had to call the pastor late at night, and she's like, well, you're sleeping somewhere else, you know? So I, this was a little while ago, but I remember she said, you know, your saving grace in that situation is, you weren't just saying sorry to get out of trouble. She said there, you know, the next day to that night, she said there was a spirit of humility you had that you knew you were wrong and you knew you needed to change some things. And she's like, when, she said, when you're like that, it's much easier to forgive. And, and that's true. It's the same way with God and each other. I help Jason grow, Tompkins. He helps me grow. We sharpen each other. Amen. But if I'm not humble with each other, if I'm not transparent with Jason, or I hear his issues, he's like, so why did he this that? Why did he change that? Why have he gotten better? Yet in myself, I have my own secret things, okay? No growth will happen within me. So true humility brings growth. We're going to close with Psalms 139, 23, and 24. This is Daisy. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. This is a powerful verse right here. It says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Sometimes anxiousness doesn't just happen on its own. Sometimes the Lord tests us. He wants to know what is bringing anxiety. You know, when I tighten up the, the money coming in, okay, or I bring some, uh, you know, a, a blockage in something that you're hoping will be an open door, you know, anxiety starts to come. God says, you know, David is saying, test me and know my anxious thoughts. We all have them, some to different degrees, but the Lord wants to know what those are. And he says, see if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. What I love about our God and what humility does, he doesn't just test us to know what brings our anxiety. I can do that. Okay, I can start to know someone and do something, say, oh, that's what makes them anxious, I'm going to do it. No, the Lord does it to bring healing to bring growth. But here's the thing. If he doesn't, we don't ever bow our knee, or if we don't ever say, God, have this attitude that David had. That's what always got him out of trouble. It was something that always said, God, there's stuff in me and I don't want it to be there. Search it out. Sometimes it's hidden, you guys. All of us have things that we don't always know about, or it does not seem maybe like a big deal to us. But one, God puts people around us. That takes part of humility, is being around the body. One, Husband and wife can point out to each other sometimes, okay? They see those things. But there's even things that my wife doesn't know about. And, and the, the men of God that uh, the Lord has put around me, they see those things. And he's called me out on things, you know? Uh, I've had other friends. 
And sometimes it may have been with a joke, okay? I didn't like how it came across, uh, and maybe it was offensive to me, but it was the truth. It was the truth, and I had to say, Lord, please help me grow in it. And guys, I failed many times too. And I have noticed when I fail, when I'm prideful, you can feel right then the Lord opposes you. There's no growth. You don't get that feeling of His mercies are new every morning because they're not when we're prideful. Because we stay stuck in the same thing. And what I love about this humility, guys, is before I knew Jesus, I had false humility. I could say, oh, okay, I need to change in that and I'll get better. I can have some growth in my life. But when it came to certain things, there's no way to have true growth without the Holy Spirit. Without the God of the universe living inside of you that gives us, he graces us in that. He enables us to have humility. And without him, it's impossible. And so I'm going to close us in prayer. That's, you know, I want to encourage you guys that as believers, growth isn't just something that we talk about. We're not taking you through a John Maxwell series, okay, in leadership. Those parts of growth are important too. Okay, if you have a business, you have certain things. Yes, all there's areas in our life that growth is important, but we're really today concentrating on spiritual growth and growth with each other. We have to remember our bodies, our souls, they're eternal. We walk on this earth for a certain amount of time, and it's not been done and over. Okay? Jesus is doing things with us. We're, we have the ministry of reconciliation, it says. And so to do that, we have to keep growing. We shine brighter and brighter. So, if you were writing down, one was, remember, protect your wealth, protect your heart. Sometimes, guys, this is, you can put things in place to help this. I would say, guys, have certain things they really have to watch, whether it be things they watch online, things they watch on TV. And, and today, we're in this world that's like, well, I can't really help it. It's even on the commercial now. It's this and that. And I get caught up in that, too. There's movies I watch later. I'm like, oh, gosh. You know, I let something in my well, maybe I shouldn't have. So now I have to do a little extra work to clean it out. Uh, there could be, you know, just the people we're with constantly, the things we hear. Uh, protect it. Our heart is important, and out of it flows life. Another one, you guys, is number two, is remember, love the Word of God. You have to study it. Don't just count on your spouse to, to walk your relationship with God. Know it. You have to know it yourself. You know, study it. Read what it means. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, uh, Luther, about Martin Luther. And, you know, back then, one of the problems they had is really only certain people had the word of God. And it was usually, you know, the head, head, you know, the cardinals and the pope. And so they would use it to kind of manipulate the people. And they didn't have even anything in their language or anything. And that was a part of the big thing that he did is it was finally, he got the word to go out. People could study and read it. You'd have to say, Well, I can only hear if it comes through this person, through Pastor Andy or Jesse or whoever. No, we need to study the Word of God ourselves. We have to just love it. Who is the Word? Jesus, right? Amen. He's the Word. And the last one, you guys, is remember, we need to stay humble. If you want true growth, you have to stay humble. It says the, the last will be first, and the servant will be the head of all kinds. And that takes the humility. That one, we weren't saved our own court. We weren't saved because your grandma knew Jesus. Okay, now her prayers may help get you in, but you don't stand on her salvation alone. It's individual with the Lord. Even though those prayers are amazing, a lot of grandmas and moms that have prayed people into the kingdom, the grandfather, right? That's that. You got to keep that up. But at the same time, we have to know that it's, it requires a humbleness, humility, even to give our life to Jesus. Because it requires repentance. That's hard. 
I repent. What does that mean? I did something wrong. We have to admit. Amen? Sometimes you get your kids to do that. That's tough. That's how we are. And we're adults. It's the same way. So we need to stay humble. We need to have a spirit of humility. And I want to just kind of close on this verse one last time. We'll pray and uh, we'll have a good rest of our Sunday. It says Psalms 139, 23, 24. I just want this to be our prayer. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then see if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that sometimes we don't like the testing. We don't, sometimes we think we know our own anxious thoughts. But Lord, sometimes you're trying to point out where they come from, where they are. And Lord, you're not doing it to bring us pain or suffering. But Lord, sometimes you say that you discipline those you love. You, you train up a child the way you should go, he should go. And when he's old, you won't depart from it. That's what you do with us, Father God. But Lord, I pray, just like David, we have a spirit of humility, a transparency, Father God, that uh, there may be something in there. And we don't think it's that big of a deal right now. But over time, if we're, if we're not open about it, Lord, it starts to grow. And it starts to be bigger. And Lord, you say that whatever is hidden, you will bring out to the rooftop, Father God. And it usually brings destruction when we let it sit there too long. We don't get help. So Father, I just pray that we would have a humility with one another as believers. Lord, to not be there to point out people's sin. That's not our job. But to bring a love and a relationship of trust with them where we can come to one another, Father God, and confess our sin. And that's where you bring healing but things are in the open. So Lord, we thank you today. We pray that we continue to grow. Some of us at different rates than others, and that's okay, Lord. But we help one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we just pray, Lord, you would uh, bless the rest of this Labor Day weekend, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, well, that is the word. Oh, I have two more questions. Um, that is the word for today, amen, guys? So when you go home, Remember, our job is to continue to grow, amen? And our job is to be a light to those around us. And the world, those around you that don't know Jesus will know when you're growing. So you'll bring extra fruit. Um, so remember to grab your kids if you have your kids in there. And... Uh the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.